we're rolling, we're rolling. We fought all day long. Stay tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. To the 10, right to the 5. Scooting in for the score. Touchdown. Yeah. Welcome in everyone, this is the full 10 Yards NFL podcast, just over a week since we last spoke and boy, a lot of stuff has happened, so this podcast is going to bring you all up to speed, all things NFL. Of course the CBA was signed over last weekend, so we'll give you all the nooks and crannies that you need to know with regards to that. And of, of course, if you, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, Tom Brady amongst other people have been uh, whetting their appetite at free agency, so we're going to be going through every position uh, we've called in the troops at full 10 yards, so we have every position covered when it comes to free agency. And at the end of the podcast, we'll go through some early winners and losers from free agency as well. So not uh, not your typical podcast that you come to expect from the NFL branch, but I thought necessary to bring you all up to speed with all things NFL, because quite a lot's happened over the last week. And, and to be honest, it's been a, a breath of fresh air considering all the uh, coronavirus stuff that has been going on. But I hope you're all self-isolating. I still hope you're eating all your pasta that you've got all stocked up and I hope you're using, uh, putting all that toilet roll to good use. But that's, uh, that's, for, <laughs> that's for another time. Let's get to it. Let's get to the CBA. So yes, as mentioned over the last weekend, the CBA was officially approved from the players. Article is up on the website if you want to know a tiny bit more. But I think uh, the Andrea True Connection said it best because we are getting... Yes, essentially all you're getting from the CBA is more, more, more. You're getting more playoff football, you're getting more money, you're getting more regular season games. Um, yeah, quite quite a few bits, obviously, it's 456 pages of the new uh, CBA, which I've not managed to get through all of it yet, but uh, alas crux of the matter is only 80% turnout from all the players which is quite frankly quite uh, ridiculous considering it's such a, a long uh, you know it's a 10 year deal uh, you know, this is going to go through all the way through to 2030 and for only 80% of players to turn out and vote uh, regardless of the you know, coronavirus isn't even an excuse because it was it was done all online so uh, to those 20% of players that, that didn't vote uh, shame on you uh, even more so because yeah, the votes ended up at 1019 that approved and 959 that didn't so you know that's a 30 vote swing there for those that did vote and then you know just 60 votes um, from from a 80% turnout is, is quite shameful really to be quite honest but um, more shame on them but uh, especially considering what the players have given up um, for what the the owners and the you know, NFL are getting in return but what are they getting in return I hear you ask uh, so you can, the uh, playoff has been expanded to 14 teams coming from next season so just the one seed now the number one seed in the AFC and the NFC are getting the, the bye quite controversial I think I think I think it's quite bad that yeah, and the number only just the number one seed. Because if you think about you know the number two seeds over the past couple of years, you know these are teams that are getting twelve, thirteen, you know, for the, the those types of numbers and wins, and still having to play three playoff games and not have that buy. So um, certainly, be a lot of teams, especially the number two seeds going in in the in the twenty twenty uh, playoffs, are going to be very much feeling aggrieved. Um, I am sure. Come next season, come twenty twenty one, we will have seventeen regular season games, which will include two buys. This is all provisional at the moment, but fully expect these uh, these to happen so yep you will now have two buyers for uh, each team you have um, how it's going to split home and away wise I'm not too sure yet. I'm having to say I haven't got to the final details of how that is how that is organized but I assume one year maybe AFC will get nine games nine home games and um, 
the, the next year maybe they'll alternate between the AFC and the NFC uh, that includes obviously there's a caveat there with regards to the international series now there's a there's a, a clause in there that there are no more than 10 international series games played in any one season bit of a strange one really considering that the old CBA um, didn't specify a, a number of games but um, 10 obviously being a, an interesting number just because you know the Jacksonville Jaguars or whoever may start up in London could host eight uh, home games potentially so obviously going to be working towards that and then have two games maybe to to give to Mexico to give to Canada or Germany or Brazil wherever else they want to uh, kind of shop uh, the NFL uh, some of that finer details of the CBA agreements no, no obviously with the signing of the CBA no tags uh, you could no longer use both tags the transition tags and the, the franchise tag as well so obviously that made uh, a big deal towards what happened in Dallas and Tennessee and we'll get to that very shortly indeed uh, salary cap, just a pointer as well. Salary cap has gone up 10 million to 198.2, so an extra 10 million there in the coffers uh, for NFLs to get creative with. Um, a few other little bits drugs testing, which was a big thing for the players. Um, no suspensions now coming from. Um, you know, if you test positive for marijuana or all the self-medicating things that you that some players seem to get involved with as well, so uh, there is still um, the caveat that they can get fined. So you, I, I think you can actually come up with a scenario where yeah, the NFL can find someone the, you know, the equivalent of a game check. So uh, whilst the player can still play the game uh, and not be suspended, potential that they uh, could eventually. You know, could play for free which is again quite mind-boggling um, and again I'm surprised that some of the players didn't kind of be a bit more vocal I know the guys at the top end of the scale uh, were, were quite vocal and at their displeasure you know, Pouncey was one who you know, he did that video in his car JJ Watt Aaron Rodgers at Russell Wilson obviously all expressed their disliking to the deal but I think with the drugs testing and the, the fact that the minimum salaries have gone up um, so all the guys at the other end of the roster you know just trying to stay on a team trying to make a few bit a few bits of uh, a bit, bits of cash uh, they, yeah, they were kind of easy wins for uh, to allow this CBA to go through and there's a lot more players at the bottom end of the scale that are fighting to stay on rosters and on minimum salaries so um, the CBA and the owners are very, were very shrewd in terms of you know, appealing to the masses and, and getting those you know the, the big the big um, kind of uh, vote um, from, from all those guys at the bottom of the scale um, so it just remains to be seen if they come regret it in a, in a couple of years as well but you know considering they're, they're getting a 10 15 maybe even 20 percent pay rise at the, you know, to just be on the roster and um, yeah I can see why they've done it but it was it for the greater good only time will tell at the end of the day, we're happy. We get more football. We get well. I wonder if they put the uh, game pass uh, price up because of the the extra games and the extra coverage that they will get. And uh, just on that as well, if you don't have game pass, now is the perfect time to go and get it because NFL Game Pass are, are streaming free for the next couple of months due to the coronavirus. So if you don't have it, go and get it because it's uh, it's free. I think in this country till July. So um, yeah, go and fill your boots. Go and watch all the last uh, seasons last season's games go and look at the watch the Super Bowl again if you want go and watch uh, NFL Network and lots and lots of good programming as well on on the network and all the rest of it so yeah very much go and get you, know, you don't get much for free these days um, so go and take full advantage that was the CBA now it's time to talk free agency
So let's start from the top then. Tom Brady, Mr. New England Patriot himself, Tom Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Uh, two years um, he has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after 20 long seasons, two decades, six Super Bowls in Foxborough. Turning 43 in August, he'll make $25 million over the two years con- of the contract and there's $4.5 million in incentives as well. There are clauses in the contract where he cannot be traded and he cannot be tagged as well. So um, Tom Brady... I, for one, was shocked um, he has chosen to go there. But obviously there's some other other personal background reasons there why he's, he's choos- chosen to move on from New England to Tampa Bay. So it'll be interesting to see how that falls out, how that plays out in terms of you know whose legacy uh, between him and Bill Belichick gets tarnished the most. But that obviously leaves Jameis Winston at a bit of a pinch. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, talking of old quarterbacks, Philip Rivers is an old quarterback and he's got a lot of kids as well. But he has moved himself and these 10 children all the way over to Indianapolis for one year, 25 million. Linked up with uh, obviously one of his one of his old uh, coordinators, Frank Reich, uh, knows him very well as well. So this one, uh, I, this was one I actually managed to call uh, a while back as well. So pleased that one actually came to fruition. So uh, yeah, Philip Rivers injecting a bit of uh, I'm not quite sure what he's injecting <laughs> into the AFC South, but he's injecting something. So uh, there is that. Obviously, another odd man out there is Jacoby Brissett. Be interesting to see whether or not he might fill the void over in New England. As of this moment, that has not been uh, filled. Uh, another old quarterback, Drew Brees, uh, he has decided to stay in New Orleans uh, two years at 50 million, but he's only getting 2 million in base salary in 2020. Uh, he's getting a 23 million signing bonus. I mean, that's sort of. Uh, Put up one of the bigger bonus, uh, bigger signing bonuses that I've ever seen. Uh, I'd certainly like to sign one of those. Um, but yeah, uh, New Orleans Saints getting a bit handy, getting a bit creative. Um, you know that twenty-three million pound signing bonus is quite handy for the uh, cap space that they seem to struggle with over the past couple of years. Uh, it's actually a four-year deal, uh, but there are two void years towards the uh, on the back end there for for minimal cap hit as well. So that's how yeah. New Orleans seem to do their, some of their contracts nowadays and quite a few of the clever, more clever teams do as well, certainly Philadelphia um, people that have dabbled in those waters Dak Prescott, he, well I was going to say he doesn't get a lot of money but he's actually going to get a lot of money in 2020 because he has had the exclusive franchise tag placed upon him, Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, Mr America's team uh, quarterback, they have until July the 15th to thrash out a deal otherwise Dak Prescott will be paid a cool £31.5 million for the 2020 season with a view obviously to signing a new contract or at least negotiating uh, for 2021 and beyond Um, and like I've said, previous uh, occasions on the podcast Dallas are in a very precarious situation because if they um if they fall behind you know uh, Patrick Mahomes's uh, deal uh, they could be paid way 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 overpaying for Dak Prescott but remains to be seen how that will all play out and talking about some other quarterbacks before we move on to the other positions Ryan Tannehill signed a mammoth four-year 118 million dollar deal one of the hottest quarterbacks on the back nine uh, of the last season of 2019 season, obviously beating Baltimore in the playoffs as well, uh, coming a cropper to uh, Kansas City. Yeah, Tannehill, does he deserve it? I'm not quite sure, but uh, Tennessee Titans certainly do. Uh, obviously, what that means for Derek Henry, you will find out very shortly indeed. But what it does also mean the ripple effect. Marcus Mariota uh, was uh, is now packed his bags and set off for Las Vegas as well to battle it out with Derek Carr. So that's quite an interesting uh, battle there between those two. Yeah, I actually quite like that move for Mariota. If um, John Gruden's not a big uh, Derek Carr fan in 2020, uh, could be a sneaky little pickup there for Mar- Mariota. I think he could fit that system really well. Uh, short, short, accurate stuff. Uh, more very, very uh, accurate quarterback. Uh, 
Uh, Nick Foles, talking about quarterbacks, he's not one, but uh, he has been traded to the Bears for a fourth-round pick. Uh, and again, another in- intriguing battle there in the, in the quarterback camp between him and uh, for Mitchell Dubrisky. Um, yeah, well... I've said all along, um, not a big fan of Mitch Trubisky. He's not the answer in Chicago. Ryan Pace seems to um, be very, very stubborn indeed. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see how those two kind of play out. I, th- I think it's, it's quite interesting uh, strategy from Ryan Pace because if you yeah, bring in someone like Foles and you have yeah, someone that Mitch Trubisky could potentially, you know, in air quotes, beat in, in training camp and training camp, ba- camp battles. Uh, he could certainly come out and say, oh, Mitch Trubisky's better than, than Nick Foles. So uh, kind of maybe save him, save him a bit of saving grace for him. And then finally, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, three-year, $63 million deal uh, is over. He's moving over to Carolina. And Case Keenum uh, has packed his bags for the Browns, which could be, could be uh, really an underrated uh, move there for, by the Browns. Case Keenum could uh, provide a bit more mentorship towards uh, Baker Mayfield who struggled last season but quarterbacks um, yeah like I say a couple of a uh, couple of teams still to kind of fill their void in, in quarterbacks uh, Chargers New England Patriots Cincinnati Miami um, obviously most of those will probably go through the draft but there are a, few, a couple of quarterbacks out there that's still looking for homes James Winston Jacoby Brissett like I mentioned earlier also uh, Cam Newton and Andy Dalton as well so be interesting to see how that all plays out but that's all the quarterback news so it's now time to move on to the running backs and the wide receivers and for that we move over to Sean Okay then, Tim, let's break it down, mate. Let's have a look at the wide receivers and running backs on the move. Been quite quiet, really. We did say leading into free agency, not a huge bunch of names in the receiver market. So just from a free agency perspective, Amari Cooper, as probably predicted, does indeed re-sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Probably made the most sense, but he's getting a big money contract, isn't he? Five years, $100 million. It's an awful lot of cap space that's going to be invested now in that trio on offence of Elliot Cooper and obviously Dak Prescott as and when either the franchise tag is indeed signed or that long-term extension is negotiated. Um, so obviously Dallas will be hoping for masses of production from those three. So Cooper's the one that gets the big contract. The others that were free agents, AJ Green, also probably to be expected, gets the franchise tag from the Cincinnati Bengals. Will be interesting to see if he can indeed bounce back from a injury-plagued campaign. Obviously, didn't even see the field last year, so probably why he's certainly got um, all the talent in the world, hasn't he, AJ Green? If he can get back out on the field, um, not really an awful lot else in terms of free agents. If I'm being honest, from a receiver's perspective. Randall Cobb on the move again. He's got across to the Houston Texans. Um, he continues to get paid wherever he goes. He must have a very good agent. But of course, the big news is really the wide receiver that has departed from the Texans. And it was nothing to do with free agency, but at the opening of the new league year, quite possibly one of the worst trades in NFL history. If you are a Houston Texans fan, And that's, of course, New Hopkins, who goes across to the Arizona Cardinals. He'll be playing his football in the desert for the measly price of David Johnson and a second-round pick. Absolutely unbelievable. Daylight robbery. If you also consider the fact that the um, trade includes a fourth-round pick going back to Arizona as well. Just an absolutely bonkers trade. I think the whole NFL has reacted with shock and surprise, there's a huge amount of um, stuff coming out about Bill O'Brien 
and stuff behind the scenes that a number of players aren't happy about. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that continues. He's obviously got all the power in the world over there in Houston, hasn't he, taking on the GM role as well. But surely trading away what you would argue is the game's premier receiver, or certainly he's in the conversation. For a running back who, you know, a couple of years ago, you could have probably understood this, but he's had a couple of down seasons. I know there's people out there that still think he's got it, you know, and potentially just needs an opportunity, um, you know, to re- recapture that magic, um, but it's an awful price to pay. Um, and obviously, like I say, giving up a premier talent. In terms of running backs, we'll stay there now and we'll talk about Kenyon Drake, who potentially will be playing his football with New Copkins as the transition tag has been applied by Arizona. Um, slightly bizarre move with the transition tag because obviously that means that he is still free to negotiate elsewhere. And obviously, um, if the Cardinals then decide not to match that offer, they would receive zero compensation. It obviously saves them a few dollars in the short term, but potentially opens it up to a bit of risk. I can't see Kenyon Drake demanding a huge contract in free agency, though, if I'm honest. So potentially a prudent move. A man who will feel disappointed, of course, ending up with the franchise tag is Derrick Henry. Uh, we obviously know that Ryan Tannehill landed himself a big money deal, but let's face it, anyone can hand the ball off, and that man was pretty much solely responsible, wasn't he, for that end-of-season run by the Tennessee Titans, and he was huge during the playoff stretch. But Derrick Henry will be suiting up under the franchise tag. It's probably just as much as anything, once again, further reminder that people just do not like paying running backs in general. You certainly cannot question his production and his value to this offence. But even with all of that said, he ends up on a one-year deal and Ryan Tannehill gets an awful lot of guaranteed money um, for effectively a good half a season of play. Uh, The other running back, one to, um, I think, keep an eye on, Jordan Howard. Two years, $10 million deal to the Miami Dolphins. We said last year how the Dolphins' backfield was a mess when Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up as your leading rusher. That probably tells you all that you indeed need to know. But Jordan Howard has been productive wherever he's been in his career, um, at Chicago and obviously most recently at Philadelphia. He's still only young. He's got plenty of tread left on those tyres. And I would imagine that could end up being quite a nice little sign in there for the Dolphins at a relatively team-friendly price as well. So Jordan Howard will be suiting up in Miami. Um, Just in terms of free agency in general, just from my perspective, I think it's been a welcome distraction from everything that's going on in the world. Obviously, fingers crossed all our listeners are keeping safe and healthy and fingers crossed we get back to actually seeing some proper competitive action in the non-too-distant future. Um, you know, But for now, let's lap up all the news that we can because, um, like I say, we certainly need a welcome distraction. Andy, back to you, buddy. Cheers. Yeah, now, unfortunately, at the time Sean recorded that, uh, then he t- decided to get a bit more news in terms of the running backs and the wide receivers. So let's bring you up to speed. Stefan Diggs is now a Buffalo Bill. He'll join uh, John Brown and uh, not Cole Beasley because he's gone to the Titans. Uh, yeah, but he joins John Brown, Dawson Knox. Uh, and Josh Allen, he can so he can be overthrown by Josh Allen as well. So I know Stefan Diggs is someone that's uh, had issues with Kirk Cousins and not getting the ball. Uh, I mean, Josh Allen is not a great upgrade in that respect. So it'd be interesting to see how how many weeks it is before he throws a hissy fit. And then a couple of big 
big running backs that have been have moved uh, moved teams. Todd Gurley was released by the Rams uh, and within 24 hours managed to find wind his way up uh, with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. So uh, that front. Uh, the, well, the, those are, those skill positions over there in Tampa Bay looking pretty mean uh, indeed as well. So uh, new quarterback, new running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Melvin Gordon has also uh, in the last few hours signed a deal with the Denver Broncos. Mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that uh, the Denver Broncos were looking to pair someone with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Look to be um, staring down the barrel. That does seem to have played out, and maybe even Philip Lindsay staring down the barrel a little bit now as Melvin Gordon signed a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal. Uh, which is obviously a far cry from when uh, last year he was uh, holding out with the Chargers wanting a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, not good if you are a running back. Time to talk about the last bit of skill position on the offence. Time to talk tight ends. James, over to you. Thanks, Tim. Yep, some tight end news now. And Austin Hooper is signing for the Cleveland Browns on a four-year, $42 million deal. Baker Mayfield has a new weapon, but considering how David and Njoku disappointed last season, I'd be wary if you think Hooper's going to be a top-five fantasy tight end this season. Njoku, meanwhile, what does this all mean for him? Well, he's a definite trade candidate, and with at least six teams likely to be thinking about a tight end upgrade, or at least some experience to help their sophomores, there's going to be a market for him. Taking Hooper's place in the Atlanta offense will be Hayden Hurst after the Falcons traded the second and a fifth-round pick to the Ravens for Hurst and a fourth-round pick. The former first-rounder, who was probably third on the Ravens' depth chart, is going to have a chance to reignite his career, his fledgling career as it is, with the Falcons. It's a good fit, but the Ravens will be delighted with the haul considering they had Mark Andrews as the number one and Nick Boyle probably as the number two. In terms of fantasy implications, I'll go into that more in the article due to come online soon, but I think the Falcons may have a decent high-end option this year. Talking of decent tight ends, the Chargers... They've let Philip Rivers go, but Hunter Henry will be staying in LA. He was franchise tagged the other day, and he is one offensive piece that the team will be able to build around in the foreseeable future. That being, provided he stays healthy. Depending on what they do in at quarterback this season in LA could be very much telling on how Henry does this season and how the long-term deal ends up for him. But for now, take that as a status quo. Jimmy Graham, on the other hand, he's moved away from Green Bay and will be playing his trade in Chicago next season, having signed a two-year $16 million deal. After being overpaid and ineffective in Green Bay, he now has the chance to be the exact same again, only in Chicago. After the news broke earlier that Nick Foles has been traded to the Bears as well, there's a quarterback battle brewing, which does not help either. And when you throw in Trey Burton to the mix, who Foles has chemistry with and who himself is on $8 million a year and also has a contract due to the end of 2022, leaves a double battle at QB and tight end, which is going to lead to havoc for the Bears' offense. So <laughs> with Burton at $8 million a season, Graham at $8 million per season, that is probably the most overpaid tight end room in the league. In lighter news, Blake Jarwin has signed a new deal with the Cowboys, $22 million over four years, and with the departure of tutor Jason Witten, he is now the tight end one in Dallas. Witten, meanwhile, will have some new people to teach as he moves to Vegas to join the Raiders on a one-year $4.2 million deal. He'll be working with Foster Moreau and Darren Waller. Not that Waller really needs much help, he was an absolute beast last season, but the elder presence in the dressing room in Vegas will certainly be able to help the development of Moreau and probably even help Waller accelerate his game even further. Recapping on some news from earlier in the break, and Greg Olsen has become a Seahawk, adding to their long list of tight ends. 
Olsen joins Will Disley, Jacob Hollister and Ted Dixon, who've all had success working with Russell Wilson in the last year or so. It's a crowded market, but if anyone goes down injured, there's some fantasy value to be had there. Again, we'll go into that on the post coming up soon. This only leaves a few tight ends available on the market. Eric Ebron, Delaney Walker, who was released by the Titans earlier this week, and the often concussed Jordan Reed, as well as potential trades for Njoku, and maybe even Trey Burton, if the Bears look to move on. But it's slim pickings for the market, and with potentially six teams I've worked out that look like they may want some tight end help, there's every chance that this is a market you'll need to keep your eye on. For more tight end talk, fantasy implications, landing spots and draft prospects, keep your eyes peeled on the full 10 yards website as I'll be dropping an article in the coming days. And stay tuned here for more NFL news from the full 10 yards, guys. But for now, back to you. Yep, thanks, James. One other tight end deal that has, uh, that's kind of gone through since uh, James did that lovely piece for us. Eric Ebron has joined the Steelers, so um, it'd be interesting to see what they, the dynamic between him and Vance McDonald, who didn't put up any trees whatsoever uh, last season. So Eric Ebron um, and Ben Roethlisberger maybe will look to strike their chemistry in training camp. Time to flip it over now to the other side of the ball, and we had Rob first with some defensive line slash linebacker talk. Rob, over to you. Hi everyone, this is Rob Grimwood from The Full 10 Yards. You might have heard me before doing The Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast, but something slightly different I've been tasked with today from our fearless leader, Tim. He's asked me to do a bit of diving around the free agency for the defensive side of the ball. So what I've done is uh, been given a list of names and I'm going to go through them. Uh, what, what's happened during this free agency from, from a defensive perspective, which, um, yeah, uncharted waters for me uh, today. But it's uh, it's always good to, to look at the other side of the ball rather than just keep diving in to the fantasy stuff. So, uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So the first uh, bit of news... Uh, that broke for us was the big trade from um, San Francisco and Indy. Obviously, those of you who listened to me before know that I'm a big Indianapolis fan, so I was delighted to see that uh, DeForest Buckner um, is on his way into Indy, the defensive tackle out of San Francisco. Um, Indy traded their 13th overall pick for him, Straight away signed him to a four-year extension, $21 million per year. Becomes the second highest defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald. Um, but yeah, it was a massive need for Indianapolis. Uh, there's a few needs this offseason for them, but DT was, was certainly one of the biggest. And uh, glad they've got him. He was a guy that me and... Uh, Good friend of mine. We wanted to we wanted to see Buckner drafted um, when he when he came into the league by the Indianapolis Colts, but it didn't happen. But fast forward four years, and here we are. We've got him. Um, of course, I don't think San Francisco probably wanted to let him go, but I think it was a case of they had to after paying Eric Armstead. Um, Eighty-five million over five years uh, was his extension. I think that basically meant that they wouldn't have been able to afford to to sign DeForest Buckner um, to extend him when his contract ended. So it was a case of trade him now while you can and and get a good price for him, which they did. First round, thirteenth pick overall is is a great bit of value for San Francisco. I think both teams are going to look at this trade and 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 like it. So so yeah, it's um it's pretty good. Uh, obviously, like I said, with the thirteenth pick. San Francisco now have it could be a case that Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw fall to them at 13 which could be a case of literally one in one out for them um, and they get an immediate replacement but we will see uh, in just a few weeks time um, but just one of my notes here is good business all around I believe 
Okay, next piece, um, another trade. Calais Campbell went to the Ravens from Jacksonville for a 2020 fifth round pick. Let's just stop there and break that down for a minute because that is actually the pack of the pick that they acquired from the Vikings for their backup kicker. I think his name is uh, oh, it's a Norwegian name, Kredvig or something like that. Um, he was there. He was Justin Cuck, Justin Tucker's rent boy, uh, basically at the Ravens, and uh, they the Minnesota Vikings traded for him a fifth round pick. Then um, I believe they they then. Um, waived him three weeks later so it was an absolutely nothing trade um and that's the pick that they have given to jacksonville for claire's campbell who just out of interest is a five times pro bowler and at 33 years old is still a ferocious edge setter um and an excellent pass rusher who gets around the edge remarkably quickly for a six eight three hundred pounder he's still got it definitely and uh, a great piece of business there um by by baltimore who basically are looking to take over the afc now the patriots have seemingly um, sort of gone against the ropes and looking to hand the title over maybe is it going to be the Ravens that take that from them I guess we will see in 2020 let's move on to the next bit of news Vic Beasley has moved on from the Atlanta Falcons um, the former first round edge rusher is signing with the Tennessee Titans uh, he was the eighth overall pick in the 2015 draft he was named first team all pro and voted to the Pro Bowl in 2016 that was his best season I think in 2016 he had a league high 15 and a half sacks six forced fumbles um, yeah it's, that was pretty impressive in 2016 in, in his time at Atlanta he did, did quite well um, he had in the five seasons that he was there, he amassed 37.5 sacks uh, in 78 games um, and in 60 starts. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. Tennessee have got, a, you know, a good defence. We saw them obviously impress at the, at the tail end of last year. And adding players like Vic Beasley is, is only going to help that. Um, they have given him a, a one-year prove-it deal, though, $9.5 So they hadn't committed completely to him they're going to bring him in see what he's got see if they see if he does add that extra dimension to take them to the next step um but we'll see it's good signing all around it took the bengals a little little time to get started in the free agency this year didn't it and i know that uh, mr touchdown tips adam wolford i know that he was uh well he had ants in his pants i think as he was uh, a bit nervous that nothing was happening from cincy uh obviously we know that it needs to happen this off season for cincy and it and it did in the, and it came in the way of of, of dj reader who i believe was the best defensive tackle on the free agency um so great move by them uh, they signed him to a four-year 53 million dollar contract um, and yes yeah, kind of the first piece in the rebuild isn't it um, we see that you know we expect that Joe smoking Joe Burrow is going to be going to be the first overall draft pick for them um, in just over a month and, and that's going to be the kickstart of the the new dynasty isn't it so um, yeah oh sorry dynasty we say in, in this country don't we I'm so used to fantasy you see um, anyway, no, uh, a great move um, for them to get to get a defensive tackle um, like DJ Reader. He'll slot in nicely, and and again, it will be a key piece on that defense. Two former. Packers uh, are out of Green Bay and heading to, uh, both of them are heading to the Giants. Um, uh, Blake Martinez and Kyla Fackrell are their names. Martinez um, is a big piece in, in Green Bay. He was the tackle leader for them over the last three years. So so he will be missed the most out of that pair 
for the Cheeseheads. Fackrell um, did have a couple of good seasons, I think, but last year was more of a special teams guy. Um, nonetheless, they're both out of, out and heading to the Giants. Um, Martinez's deal was three years, 30 million. Fackrell's was one year, 4.6. Approve it deal. So yeah, it will be interesting to see Blake Martinez in, in another team like like Cincy who are rebuilding the defence. They weren't very spectacular last year. Got a couple of pieces but needs to strengthen and, and players like Martinez will, will be that kind of player for them. Someone a bit more depth at linebacker who, who brings in, obviously like, like we just said, a, a tackle leader for Green Bay over the last three years. So it's the kind of guy that the Giants need. Um, so yeah, uh, talking about linebackers, Joe Schobert, uh, former Browns linebacker, uh, he heads to uh, yeah, another team that's that's rebuilding the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, oh, can, just take your mind back two or three years ago. I think it was twenty seventeen to that defense in Jacksonville and how mesmerizing it was to watch them. Players like Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye and, and as the corners and, and the aforementioned Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler had a good year that year. And, and Yannick Ngokwe, who's still there, but it could be leaving anytime soon. Um, if you believe what you read, um, you know, that, that team was miles Jack, uh, unbelievable. And they've just kind of self imploded, haven't they? And, and now they're the fragments of their former self and nowhere near as good as they used to be. All their players have sort of dis- disappeared and gone to other teams. Um, so, again, another rebuilding team. Um, and and uh, Joe Schobert wasn't going to get paid at the Browns. Um, so he's off to, to Jacksonville for a five-year deal, $54 million. Um, yeah, again, it's a, a piece that's needed to go alongside Miles Jack. Um, Joe Schobert is is good. Is he great? Well, this this is his time to shine. Um, we we will certainly see if if he will do in that Jacksonville defense. Um, yeah, it's it's such a shame to see that that that's such a good defense just fizzle out. But hey ho, that maybe there maybe players like Joe Schobert will bring that back. You never know. Um, Gerald McCoy. Uh, former Buck and Panther defensive tackle. He is heading to Dallas to replace uh, Malik Collins, who's just left. So it's one in, one out for them. Gerald uh, McCoy, plenty of experience. Um, not the best, not the worst. Kind of down the line defensive tackle. He can be really good, I guess, on his day. Um, so a, a needed signing for, for Dallas. Um, and of course, they lose. However, uh, Robert Quinn, he is off to, um, to Chicago. Uh, which, if Chicago needed to add any more good defensive players, then you know you fooled me because they're pretty good as it was. But um, again, that's that's becoming quite the fearsome monsters of the midway defense that Matt Nagy is putting together there, isn't it? I mean, it's it's strange though. Matt Nagy freaks me out because he makes all these great defensive moves. Obviously, Kalal Mack, uh, Khalil Mack, a couple of years ago, and and building that team, you know, such, such a impenetrable defense but then you look at his offensive moves this offseason bringing in Nick Foles and bringing in uh, washed up tight end Jimmy Graham for a ridiculous contract and I think is this the same guy that's making these moves because you know it's, it's weird they're building such a good defense with such a terrible offense um, you know so we'll see, we'll see but certainly interesting to see um, Robert Quinn head, head to Chicago five year deal 70 million and just adding more pieces there that'd be fantastic to see and finally jason pierre 
Hall is uh, JPP himself is staying in Tampa. It's amazing what uh, you know the whiff of of Tom Brady does to players, isn't it? Um, I, do, I do believe the JPP uh, re-signing was before Brady was announced, anyway. But uh, you never know; he might known, not might have known about it. But uh, he is back in Tampa uh, on a two-year deal, twenty-five million. Um, yeah, again, a, a solid player for them last year. He came over from the Giants originally, uh, and, he, and he'll be back as a Buccaneer. So, so yeah, that just about wraps up the kind of defensive line players. Um, I believe Tim is going to come at you with the defensive backs um, shortly or before me. I'm not quite sure. It depends when he puts this one out. Um, but yeah, this it's been it's been great to chat about about the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, like I said at the beginning, I'm 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 a fantasy guy. I I, I specialize in the offense, so. It's it's been it's been refreshing for me to to look through these defensive players where they've landed and and what the uh, yeah what the implications could be. So it'll be very very interesting indeed heading into the twenty twenty season. Um, listen, everyone, stay safe. It's a, it's a, it's become a mad world out there um, with all the stuff that's going on. Um, so yeah, um, I hope you all are. <laughs> I don't want to say enjoying yourselves, but keeping yourself safe and managing to pass the time if you're self-isolating. Um, I really hope and pray that this doesn't last too long um, and that really that we can get everything back, all these luxuries that we're, we're, we're so used to seeing, like sports. Um, you know, it's weird not being here, you know, the soccer on a Saturday and and just hopefully that it passes by the NFL season that's all I'm hoping fingers crossed that it's gone by September so we can actually have some normality here um, but great to see that the draft is going ahead in a couple of weeks time looking forward to that I'm going to be up I'll book the day off work on the Friday can't wait absolutely buzzing for it um, the free agency will, will wrap up this week so stay tuned on the full 10 yards for uh, all sorts of reviews after the the free agency f- sort of starts to dwindle and we head into the draft there's so much coming up on the full 10 yards it's a really exciting time for us and uh, and yeah I hope it is for you too so thanks for listening and I hope I didn't um, butcher this too much with my limited defensive knowledge I can just hear Lee right now cringing at what I've said uh, but he's got so much more knowledge than I have about the defensive side but hey um, I'm here to learn so so fantastic uh, thanks guys and I'll speak to you soon hello it's Lee here from the full 10 yards college football podcast what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to be talking about some defensive free agents and just following on from what Rob was talking about there I'm going to go through some defensive free agent signings and maybe throw in a trade or two as well first up I want to talk about some uh, outside linebackers and pass rusher I know Rob's been talking about that, and I'm going to follow on from his lead. I'm going to talk about Dante Fowler Jr. at first. He's moving over from the LA Rams, moving on to his third team, the Atlanta Falcons. So he signed a $45 million deal that's spread over three years. Nice work if you can get it. I mean, rushing the, rushing the passer is pretty pretty important, as we all know. So yeah, he's going to be over there, replacing the mostly ineffectual Vic Beasley. Beasley's obviously had that one year where he was, you know, he was the he was the best pass rusher, you know, by sacks in the in the NFL one year. But that was about it. That's all he's done in his whole career, and he's flamed out. He's now out of town, and Fowler's come in, uh, and feels a big need for Atlanta. You know, they they've not overspent. You know, fifteen million dollars is a pretty penny, but it's not you know not too much. It's spread over just the three years, but yeah, they've um, not drafted too well the Falcons in terms of their edge rushers. So they've obviously had Beasley. And they've also had Tack McKinley, and neither really worked out as well as they wanted to. So hopefully Falcons are getting a better pass rusher 
in Dante Fowler Jr. He can do a little bit of everything as well. You know, he can he can cover a little bit as well. He's been playing that three four down at the Rams, so he'll be, he'll be okay with dropping to coverage if Dan Quinn wants to kind of cook up that sort of defensive look for him. So uh, yeah, good sign of that. That's one I like uh, with the Falcons, and it should certainly make their team better. I would say. I think they've got an improvement there, got a little boost for their roster, which is you know what you want, isn't it, out of free agency. So, yeah, moving on to Corey Littleton. So I, I was going to stick to DBs mostly for this, which is uh, my sort of favourite sort of position. It's kind of like my speciality. But we'll throw in a linebacker because he's a really good linebacker. Probably the best linebacker that you probably could have got in free agency, in my opinion. That's Corey Littleton, which who, unfortunately, he went the Raiders. Uh, obviously, as a Chargers fan, he was a player that I wouldn't have minded coming over to the Chargers uh, to fill in one of our linebacker spots. But yeah, Corey Littleton, good player. Also coming away from the LA Rams, just like Fowler, as I mentioned earlier. He's also getting quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of bag here. So he's got three year, thirty five and a quarter million dollar deal. Uh, so he's quite front loaded though. So he's getting eleven million dollars base salary first year, and then just five and a half the next. And there's a potential out because he's got no dead cap. Uh, after the 2021 season so may not see that third year but if he does he'll have earned it and he'll be due another 11 million dollars base salary after that again a good all-round linebacker can affect the games in multiple ways so yeah the Raiders have got a really good pickup and the Raiders have been quite active in free agency and um, yeah so it's a good signing for them unfortunately <laughs> as, a, as a Chargers fan but no it's good good for the comes away from the Rams again because they're in a bit of cap hell there Really like turning over quite a lot of players here, the Rams. So uh, yeah, look out for them to be in a bit of a rebuild, perhaps going off their free agency activity and the, the players that they've lost and Eric Weddle's retirement. Uh, shopping Brandon Cooks at the time of recording, I haven't heard anything going down in that direction, but uh, Brandon Cooks apparently on the trade block. So um, and uh, what could be bad for the Rams is obviously Brandon Cooks has moved around a couple of times from the Saints and from the Patriots and now to the Rams, been traded away and this will be his third trade. Probably want to garner a first-round pick again, though, as he has done both of his previous trades, though, which is the Rams now are uh, you know, not gaining back what they've shelled out for him. But anyway, move back to defence. So, yeah, Littleton going to the Raiders and, uh, yeah, in quite another hefty deal. Uh, fairly similar to a lot of the uh, the contracts have been given out. I think the most popular contracts are given out, I think it's eight players, was three years, $30 million. So Littleton just over the average in terms of that. Uh, so yeah, let's move on to our defensive backs. And uh, yeah, first up is uh, Darius Slay, who's obviously moved to the Philadelphia Eagles from moving away from the Detroit. And I know this is a free agency kind of segment, but we've got to throw in some trades as well. These trades, you know, we, we talked about the, the Newt Hopkins trade and all went down the same area, often the Stefan Diggs trade as well. It's in this free agency period where everything's getting shaken up around the league. And um, yeah, this was quite a big shake-up. The Eagles needed, really, really, really needed a defensive back of some description and a competent one obviously the Eagles had a lot of injury trouble throughout the whole of last season especially in you know the defensive backfield uh so they were gonna target a, a high-end uh cornerback especially in the draft which obviously gives them some draft flexibility which is brilliant and then even better than that is um the fact that Darius Slay is very very good at playing cornerback which obviously definitely helps so this was for a third and a fifth round pick, which doesn't, it's not a huge price to pay for Darius Slay. You know, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, which I know it's Pro Bowl, it's not the greatest uh, gauge of someone's quality. Obviously, it's popularity contacts at the end, end of the day. But uh, yeah, his time, his relationship with Matt Patricia had become a bit fractured, probably gone beyond, you know, too far to be repaired. But um 
yeah, he's he's in Philadelphia now, and hopefully he should, you know, he'll be able to be happier, and he will, you know, be playing his best football again, like has been in Detroit. So yeah, Philadelphia Eagles getting a good player uh, for not a lot, to be honest with you. So that's great news for them. So what we'll do is we'll move on to the next defensive back in our list, which will be Trey Boston of safety, who after three one-year deals has finally proved it. So yeah, Trey Boston came over in 2017 to my Chargers. We didn't decide to retain him. I'll keep it professional. Um, and then after that, went to the Cardinals for again one year, then went to the Panthers for one year. And now he's re-signed with the Panthers and he's finally approved it, as I say. And he's finally been given a longer-term deal rather than going from year to year. He signed a three-year contract with $18 million. Now, Trey Boston's quite a decent, deep safety. He's not top echelon by any stretch of the imagination, but he's quite decent. I'm not going to say he's not. He can't tackle for Toffee, which is a problem when you're the last line of defence. And I know this speaking from experience of being a Chargers fan and seeing him for a year. However, he's a quite a good player. He can make plays on the ball. He can play, make interceptions. Uh, and, you know, Panthers obviously saw enough to keep him around to, uh, you know, to keep him around for another three years and not just, you know, bin him off like everyone else has over the past three years. Uh, when, like I say, he's been going around the, these one-year one prove-it deals. He got 11 pass deflections last year and three interceptions. Like I say, he's he's quite good for interception. He got three years in his. Uh, he got sorry, he got three interceptions in his year in Arizona. And he got five for the Chargers, um, but a lot of missed tackles as well. As I say, he obviously started in Carolina as well, so they obviously like him around there. He obviously has their culture, and obviously moving into a new coaching staff from Ron Rivera, which would have been the head coach uh, in his first sort of initial stint with Carolina at the start of his career. Now joining the rebuild with Matt Rule uh, and seeing what he can add at the back end for Carolina. Um, obviously replacing Ed Reed as well, which is quite a, a big deal. I'd expect Carolina maybe to shore up this uh, area of their team in the draft as well. Uh, next up, I'll move on to... Actually, I can say with my charges, actually, I'll move on to Chris Harris. Chris Harris, veteran cornerback, um, potentially going to play in the nickel and replace Des King and maybe move Des King outside. I'm not really sure how that's going to work, but it's still nice. I think it's a nice problem to have for the Chargers. You know, have to have two good cornerbacks, three good cornerbacks, if you include Case Hayward, who obviously will be starting outside. But I think what they'll do is they'll mix and match. I think they'll match up against the wide receivers that they come up against. Maybe Case Hayward, who can play inside as well, uh, could play some inside as well. And we can pat and match and we can uh, keep people in front of us as much as possible and make some plays on the ball, um, which is something we've been missing. You know, Case Hayward's been playing the lights out for a couple of years. Des King, been really good for his career by last year, had a bit of a down year. Uh, and then you know, it's been Michael Davis last year and uh, even before that, Brandon Faison when he was injured. So... Teams obviously just picked on the other side, which obviously is, <laughs> is something that you uh, obviously can't have. You've got to have two good corners now, so you can't just target one side and just pick on one side, which is what was happening to the Chargers. Hopefully Chris Harris will uh, avoid that happening. So the contract that he has signed, as I just put it up on my screen, is a two-year $17 million deal, which is quite a good quite a good amount of money to pay, but, you know, value as well. He's been a playmaker all his career. Um so he's going to be, you know, in the twilight of his career, cornerback player is probably going to deteriorate from here. So we're not going to get Chris Harris in his prime years, but if we did, we wouldn't be paying two, two years, $17 million deal for him. So it's a short-term contract, but hopefully one that will be quite fruitful for the Chargers. Like I say, it allows them to mix and match, brings in another playmaker to the secondary. So I'm very excited about this. I think it's a good sign. I think it's a Tom Telesco signing as well, where we get value for money for our, you know, our bang for our buck, let's say. 
So yeah, no, very happy with that from my point of view. Um, and it's got one year out as well. So if he doesn't play up to expectations, I think his dead cap goes down to around uh, between three or four million after the first year. So we can we can get out of that, which is another classic Tom Tesco move. So yeah, no, brilliant. Another really good signing for the Chargers. The Chargers have had a really good free agency period. And uh, make it even sweeter for us, Chris Harris said he turned down big money, or bigger money at least, to sign for the Chargers. And kind of put like a bit of a middle finger up to the for letting him go. And he'll be playing with that fire in his belly, that chip in his shoulder, which he does anyway, but even more so when we see the Broncos twice per year. Uh, hopefully twice per year anyway, you know, with the COVID-19 scenario. Hopefully we're not going to get a short the season. But anyway, be a, uh, another podcast there for us. But yeah, very happy with Chris, Chris Harris. And that one, we've got him locked up. So what we'll do is we'll move on to our last one, uh, which, no, sorry, we've got a couple more. Uh, Kendall Fuller is the next person I'm going to be talking about that I'm going to be talking about. So he's returning to the Redskins. Now, it's a player that came over to Kansas City a couple of years ago in part as part of the Alex Smith deal, the, the deal, quite a big trade there that went down. Uh, brought Alex Smith to Washington and Kendall Fuller went in the other direction. Now, Kendall Fuller has gone back to Kansas City. Sorry, Back to Washington, excuse me. And he signed quite a decent deal down there. He's got a four-year deal for $40 million. So, yeah, again, getting that getting that money, getting that bag, which, you know, secures him for the prime years of his career. He's 25 years old at the moment. He's played for three years in the NFL. So that includes, you know, from 25 to 29, which, you know, like I say, it's good for him. It secures his, I say, prime, secures him wealth for his family for years to come. Generational wealth, as they always say. And uh, yeah, getting a pretty decent corner over there, and it it really means that one back for the Kansas City Chiefs is on you know a big big need now. Fuller goes over to Washington to maybe replace uh, Josh Norman, who's moved to the the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Josh Norman's not played very well. Kendall Fuller come in for the Redskins and be an upgrade straight away. Uh, and like I say, less so for the Kansas City Chiefs, who now in desperate need of a cornerback. Um, you know, outside of Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill, who are safeties, the Kansas City defensive back room doesn't contain a great deal of talent. So, uh, yeah, look for them to maybe with the 32nd pick or, you know, maybe even double down um, in that position in the draft. But definitely look for them, look for them to take a cornerback early and, uh, yeah, shore that up because obviously there's a lot of good wide receivers in the FC West now. Chargers, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen... Uh, the Raiders, they'll be drafting a wide receiver most likely. They've got Hunter Renfro uh, out there. And, you know, if they'll want someone to replace what Antonio Brown would have been for them. And got other players to look after, like Darren Waller. And obviously the Broncos have got uh, Colton Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. They'll look to add a wide receiver field as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of receiving talent in the AFC West that the Kansas City Chiefs have now got a fight against. And um, losing Kendall Fuller is a bit of a blow to them. But anyway... We don't really care about too much about that, or I don't at least as a Chargers fan. Uh, last person I'm going to talk about is Byron Jones, uh, the ex-Cowboys cornerback slash safety. Um, obviously, I think the writing was on the wall from quite a long time out that Byron Jones wasn't going to be sticking around in Jerry World. He's gone over to the Miami Dolphins and signed a real bumper contract, a real huge contract, five years, $82.5 million. Again, we're talking about a 27-year-old playmaker at the back end. Doesn't get enough, well, to be fair, I just said playmaker. He doesn't really make enough plays in the ball form, but he's a good cornerback, very athletic, obviously, combine. Goes down in the annals of, of the best combines that we've ever seen there in Indianapolis. Um, so, yeah, he comes in, he shores up the, the, the back end along with Xavier and Howard 
and Vaughn's a nice tandem, really. You know, I'm not a huge Xavier Howard fan. I think he's a bit overrated, but he's a good cornerback nonetheless. Byron Jones comes in. So now you've got two two good corners, which is is what every 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 team needs, as I've just been talking about with the Chargers. Byron Jones' contract is quite huge. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of dollars up front. For that, it sounds a nice $15 million signing bonus uh, and gets a base salary in the first year of $11 million and it rises up 14 and just over 14 after that. Potential out after year three, but after that, he's not earning too much more. So if Byron Jones' play into his 30, early 30s is still holding up, imagine he'll be in Miami for the long term, which is excellent news for him, excellent news for the Dolphins and, uh, yeah, really blockbuster uh, free agent signing for you know the defensive back position. And... Uh, yeah, Miami been a bit of a rebuild. They've obviously, you know, had a season where they wanted to be bad. They've now acquired a lot of capital. They've acquired a lot of free agents as well, which is obviously very good for them. And uh, yeah, I'd look for them to be much better next year. You know, Brian Flores looks like he's getting something together there. And obviously, we've had Tom Brady move out of the division. The division's kind of thrown up in the air. I don't expect the Patriots to be too great. And they're in a bit of a rebuild themselves. Um, so yeah, no, it's going to maybe get a bit interesting out, out east in a division that's not been interesting for a while. So uh, yeah, let's let's keep our eyes peeled for that one out there in the AF. So the N- no, sorry, the AFC. So excuse me again. Either way, that's going to round up my roundup for the round up my roundup. I should have thought that through before speaking about that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to finish there, and that is my defensive uh, free agency roundup for you. See you on the other side. Thanks to the full 10 yards gang there bringing you up to speed with free agency. Just before we get into the winners and losers of the legal tampering period slash free agency, quick advert with some of our friends across the pond. Do you love NFL football fun and booze? Join us at Thurston Gold Podcast every Saturday night for weekly NFL coverage, whiskey, bourbon, scotch and beer reviews. We mix expert football analysis with signature drinks, original segments, and lots and lots of laughs. Yes, that's right, football fans. Please join us at Thurston Gold Podcast by heading over to thurstongold.buzzsprout.com or search Thurston Gold on the web. If you're tired of boring podcasts, come join our football party. Yeah, make sure you go and give Frayne and Ben a good follow over at uh, on Twitter at GoalThirst, re- uh, reviewing uh, not just football but beer as well. And really good, a really good uh, couple of hours listen there. Let's let's be let's be honest. We've all got a bit more time on our hands now, so we can all squeeze that extra podcast in. So make sure you go and give those boys uh, and those lovely those lovely gents a follow. Okay, time to give you some winners and losers from free, the free agency period. Uh, there is an article up, uh, Rob and Adam both done winners and losers, so make sure you go and check that out over at unfull10yards.com. But a couple of winners from me, Tampa Bay, I think are one of the big winners from free agency. If you've got uh, Tom Brady on your team, and uh, I think you have to call them winners, especially when you've got Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, and all the other weapons on that team. If uh, Bruce Arians and uh, the rest of the guys can sort out the de- defence a little bit as well. Actually, really good defence. I think they were top 10 by DVOA uh, in 2019 after being bottom, uh, bottom uh, 32 out of 32 in 2018 as well so certainly the the offense uh, sorry the defense going in the right direction as well now that they've got um, let's say a less erratic uh, less erratic quarterback who doesn't throw 50 million interceptions uh, and you know, swapping for Tom Brady uh, I'd certainly think uh, Tampa Bay a sneaky sneaky bet for now possibly for the Super Bowl I know the uh, the bookies have reacted accordingly um, so you know, the the price is, uh, is no longer there as what it was when James Winston was at the helm but 
alas, never mind. Um, you can probably still get a, a half decent price anyway if you are a Tampa Bay fan. But yeah, expect exciting times for a Tampa Bay team that have not been what well, they've not been to the Super Bowl since is it 2003 when uh, beat the Raiders with Brad Johnson at the helm. So maybe, maybe just maybe Tampa Bay fans, the good times are here to stay. For, well, at least for the next two years. Anyway, uh, some other winners probably have to say the Cleveland Browns. I know they had a really good off season last season, but I think they've been a lot more sensible this this off season. Uh, Jack Conklin uh, was a very very interesting signing. I'm surprised the Titans uh, didn't try and tie him up uh, for the foreseeable future. But uh, again, another team with a lot of weapons. Can Baker Mayfield kind of take a step forward after falling on his backside uh, last year a little bit? Um, yeah, He's got obviously the wide receivers in Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry uh, and now has Austin Hooper as well as David Njoku to throw to a tight end position. Talented on defence. Uh, offensive line was obviously the big issue. Jack Conklin uh, will help that and we'll, maybe they'll address it in the draft as well. But certainly the Browns with uh, Kevin Stefanski, the new head coach this season uh, no more Freddie Kitchens certainly uh, even that in itself means the Browns should, should be winners of this offseason uh, and I think as well another winner just before we move on to the losers uh, Baltimore Ravens Eric DaCosta uh, have done a very 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 good job at uh, retooling and piecing uh, together getting some pieces for what fifth round picks I mean sending the pick for their backup quicker last year uh, for a fifth round pick and using that on Calais Campbell uh, that yeah, that says it all. To be quite honest, you know, essentially swapping a backup, a backup um, special teamers for you know a disruptive Claire's Campbell, uh, who's a monster and um, very much gives them some uh, some pass rusher that they uh, that they they do absolutely need. Um, so yeah, the Ravens have been very clever. Uh, over the last couple of years or so, very sensible, um, yeah, making giving Lamar Jackson all the tools he needs uh, and you know, the situation to succeed, which is what it's all about. Especially when your quarterback is on a rookie contract. Let's move over to some losers. Then, uh, I mean, Bill O'Brien, Texans fans, Deshaun Watson—they are easily the biggest losers of free agency. I mean, Bill O'Brien, what are you doing? Sending Nuke Hopkins and and whatever the other picks there were for for David Johnson in second and a foot and a fourth uh, or something like that, but absolutely mind-boggling deal. Probably one of the worst deals I've I've seen since I've followed the NFL, and that's probably over a decade now. Uh, and I know some other people touting that maybe even the worst in history, um, but there were some really bad ones at the start of the NFL um, in, it, in since its creation. But um, yeah, Bill O'Brien, that's that's a Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Fame mind boggler there. I'm not quite sure what he's doing, but he's um, slowly self-destructing as GM, as head coach, as all the rest of it as well. He's not doing a very good job, job indeed. Texans fans, get in touch with us. Let us know what you are feeling right now because it can't be uh, can't be good, cannot be good at all. Uh, I mentioned it as, as part of the running backs. Um, not really a good time to be a running back. And so I've, I've put the running backs as a, as a collective as losers here because you know, teams are starting to not want to pay running backs. Uh, I mean, Austin Eckler is now getting more money than Todd Gurley. If you'd have said to me that one year ago, uh, absolutely, dis- uh, absolutely uh, would have been thrown out of town uh, would have been checked into a mental facility but um, yeah these are the times we now live in uh, the other losers I've got uh, finally the Minnesota Vikings now they've had a mass exodus um, let me just get the list up yeah Stefan Diggs traded to the Bills I mentioned earlier you know Xavier Rose been released Linville Joseph, Linville Joseph has been released he's I think he's on since with the Chargers uh, Josh Klein as well uh, has been released um, and obviously you've had uh, Sandejo uh, Trey Waynes have been assigned elsewhere as well so it's quite a lot of quite a lot of um, Everson Griffin I think I've seen as well uh, has been touted to, to to sign elsewhere uh, and of course of Kirk Cousins has been extended as well so that's obviously why the Vikings are losers as well I'm not uh, not too fond of the Vikings chances in at 20 
2020 certainly looks like the NFC North will be um, a cheat for cheeseheads uh, again in 2020 but that obviously remains to be seen but let us know your thoughts let us know your opinions winners and losers of the free agency and again don't forget to check out the article on our website full10yards.com uh, Rob and Adam uh, Rob doing the winners and Adam doing some early losers as well and I will say we'll update that once free agency kind of cools down a little bit and we have uh, time to take our breath like I say a lot has happened over the last couple of days and it's been a very very much of a breath of fresh air with all the coronavirus stuff that is going on and say everyone's locked up and, and yeah you need stuff to read at the end of the day so go and give that a check it, uh, check it out on full10yards.com but the referees are running in ladies and gentlemen it's time for the two minute warning that's the two minute warning just a couple of minutes then to let you know what's going on everything full 10 yards obviously in the next week or two of Brit Ball is obviously not happening anytime soon but we're still going to get the interviews going we're still going to get a few guys on to talk about the teams maybe introduce you through it to a few teams and a few you know, obviously hoping to get a few head coaches on as well uh, but on the website at the moment um let's say it's been a while since uh, over a week since we did a podcast obviously uh the ex- with the XFL being cancelled now, no XFL for you, but uh, Sean did put a, a few-minute podcast out uh, saying so long, farewell, uh, after we did good goodnight and all of that to the XFLs. I'll go and give that a listen if you want to see him down in the dumps. But uh, like I say, yeah, the website has had a bit of a tweak, has a new logo and it's some more interactive stuff there on the front page, so please go and check that out. That would be very much appreciated. But in terms of articles, we have, like I said, the, uh, the winners and losers from the legal tampering period slash free agency, uh, which will be updated very shortly indeed to include all the kind of the new deals because I'd say it's changed quite a lot and like I mentioned at, at the start of the podcast CBA obviously been approved there's an article there from yours truly taking a look at the, the finer details of the CBA and what it could mean going uh, immediately yeah, but also long term as well uh, and then so a couple of mock drafts obviously it is college season it's draft season so myself Rob and Leah who I know is also working on a three round mock draft we've also got our uh, kind of a mock draft 1.0 up on there we'll be doing some podcasts on drafts very shortly indeed but again we'll let free agency die down a little bit some of the needs have obviously been filled since you know we've done those mock drafts uh, Sean Tyler 10 things that define the 2019 NFL season like I mentioned with NFL game pass it being three for a couple of months why not go and relive some of that but also go and take a look at his his article as well taking a look at 10 defining moments of last season and then let's say just to touch back on college uh, Alex Lewis has a million the million dollar cam article looking at Mississippi's uh, cam acres obviously given and having a little bit of a comparison with Dalvin Cook but that is going to wrap us up for the full 10, yard, full 10 yards NFL podcast don't forget if you want to get in touch with us you can do so in plenty of ways at full 10 yards on Twitter Instagram and on Facebook also if you go to full 10 yards.com on the right hand side there's a little red record button icon where you will be transferred to voice by and you can leave a message for the show we'll play those out on the show uh you know if you've got a mailbag question if you've got any opinions and like i say anything on fourth down that comes up we want your engagement we want you to have an opinion we want to tell you to tell us what that is so please do get involved uh so this is why we do it so that we uh, get engaged in conversation because uh, you know, opinions are going to differ all over the place so uh, yeah very much hope that you can do that but we'll speak to you very soon indeed i have been timothy lambert monk i've been your host we'll speak to you again soon in the great words of kevin cale it's bye-bye for now bye-bye Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.